and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show across the nation. I am delighted to have you with me. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. If you go to the New York Times or the Washington Post, you will not for about a year find any references to the Durham investigation. John Durham is, he came to fame as one of the most aggressive prosecutors of the mob. Widely hailed on a bipartisan basis for being able to get members of the mob to crack and turn on each other and prosecute the mob. Uh, Durham is kind of a famous prosecutor. He became the U.S. attorney in Connecticut, and he was asked by William Barr, then the attorney general, to begin an investigation into the background of the Steele dossier. And he has been very, very, very quiet. In fact, Durham has been so quiet for so long that a number of people in 2020 actually legitimately did think that he was selling out the Trump administration, that uh, there were attacks against Durham for not doing anything. Well, it turns out he has slowly and methodically been building cases and now has a number of indictments that are out. Let me just read you from the Washington or the New York Post, the Washington Post and the New York Times. They still are not covering the story. This is the editorial board of the New York Post. So there you have it. Russiagate, the collective delusion that Donald Trump was secretly a Russian agent, aided and abetted by the Kremlin, the topic of unaccountable inches of Washington Post and New York Times copy, and the entire primetime lineup of MSNBC was a dirty trick. Not just part of it, all of it. One of the most diabolical successful misinformation campaigns ever conducted. It was by the Hillary Clinton campaign. We already knew the Steele dossier was garbage. Christopher Steele was paid indirectly by the Clinton campaign to dig up dirt, which he did by turning to other Clinton operatives, laundering every outlandish rumor about Trump he could find into an investigative document. He shopped it to the FBI, which couldn't verify his sources or any of his stories, but the agency dragged out the investigation to cast maximum suspicion on the new president. In the meantime... Steele found willing accomplices in the media to push his propaganda. The dupes at BuzzFeed even decided to print the whole pack of lies with the flimsy rationale of, well, why not? As special counsel John Durham outlines in his latest indictments, that was just a story made up by tech executive Rodney Jaffe that a computer server operated by Clinton's company was communicating with a Russian firm. Jaffe wanted a job with the Clinton administration. He hacked Trump's servers, cherry-picked privileged Internet data he had access to, and molded it to look like something nefarious. He was coached by lawyer Michael Sussman, who was being paid by the Clinton administration, although he lied about that to investigators. Sussman goes to the FBI as a concerned citizen, not someone on the Clinton payroll, to try to get them to bite. The ultimate goal, be able to leak to the Times that Trump is under official investigation. Durham definitely showed that the Clinton campaign 
directly funded and ordered its lawyers at Perkins Coie to orchestrate a criminal enterprise to fabricate a connection between President Trump and Russia, says Cash Patel, the former chief investigator for the House Intelligence Committee. Now, what are these documents? Well, there's a federal filing. Representative Jordan of Ohio, Jim Jordan, says that uh, John Durham is alleging in the filings that Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign paid an Internet company to infiltrate servers at the Trump Tower. That's the allegation. Special counsel John Durham filed a motion related to potential conflicts of interest in connection with the case of Clinton lawyer Michael Sussman. The lawyer has pled not guilty to making false statements to federal agents. Durham's motion reportedly alleges Sussman, quote, had assembled and conveyed the allegations to the FBI on behalf of at least two specific clients, including a technology executive at a U.S.-based Internet company and the Clinton campaign. Among the accusations leveled was the suspicious DNS lookups by Trump-affiliated or Russian-affiliated IP addresses demonstrated Trump and his associates were using supposedly rare Russian-made wireless phones in the vicinity of the White House. By the way, it appears that the spying by the Democrats on Trump went on after he was in the White House. Now, these are filings. We see where Durham is headed. He's gotten some indictments thus far. It appears more indictments are coming. But have you heard any of this from the New York Times or the Washington Post or any major non-Fox outlet? The answer is no. No, you have not. Former, This is from Fox News. Former Director of National Intelligence John Ratliff met with Special Counsel John Durham on more than one occasion and told him there was evidence in intelligence to support the indictments of multiple people in his investigation. Fox News first reported on Durham's latest filing, which alleges that lawyers from Hillary Clinton's campaign had paid to infiltrate servers belonging to the Trump Tower and later the White House in order to establish an inference and narrative to bring the federal government agencies into the Trump world looking at Russia. Sources tell Fox News this week that during his meetings with Durham, Radcliffe, who served as a congressman and former U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of Texas before becoming the head of national intelligence, said he believed there was enough evidence to indict multiple people. The sources pointed to one key piece of disclassified inf- declassified information Fox News reported in October of 2020, revealing that intelligence community officials within the CIA forwarded an investigative referral on Hillary Clinton, purportedly approving a plan concerning U.S. presidential candidate Donald Trump and Russian hackers hampering U.S. elections. It is important for us to note a few things here. One, the Russians did try to interfere with the presidential election, regardless of what the Steele dossier says, doesn't say, or made up. The Russians tried to interfere, not in the way the Democrats claim. The Russians wanted to sow discord in 2016. The Russians wanted Democrats and Republicans at each other's throat. They paid both, played both sides. You know, CNN back a few years ago showed up at a woman's home in Florida. It was a grandmother. She had put on her Facebook page about a rally, an anti-Hillary rally coming to Florida. And the CNN reporter showed up at her home, shoved a microphone in her face, wanted to, didn't you know it was Russian propaganda? Why were you helping the Russians? This grandmother had no idea. I don't think she even remembered putting the post up on Facebook. 
it turns out that this anti-Hillary propaganda protest was a Russian PSYOPs operation. Anyone who showed up would have been there. Uh, They were trying to organically organize protests against Hillary Clinton. The Russians were putting this stuff off on Facebook, making it look like people were going to show up to protest her. But you know what? This is what CNN left out. They did the same thing about Donald Trump at the same time. They did. The Russians were doing the same to both sides. They wanted each side at each other's throat. They wanted us so inwardly distracted that we couldn't deal with them. And now look at the situation in Ukraine. We've looked so inwardly. The Russians are out there expanding their reach and doing God knows what and probably about to invade Ukraine. The Russians were successful, but it's completely separate from, not joined with, and has nothing to do with the Steele dossier. For four years, members of the media obsessed about the Steele dossier. Members of the media decried the Steele dossier. They treated it as gospel truth. They didn't run away from it. They embraced it. They quoted it. They questioned allegations about the P-tape. You know what I'm talking about and more. And it was a fabrication. The distrust of the American media continues to grow in this country, pretty significantly, actually. The distrust in this country about the media has been going on for some time, but it's gotten far worse than it has been in the past. Uh, The media, in fact, I dare say, lacks the humility to be self-reflective, feels like they are righteous at all times, believes that they can bully, badger, cajole, and preach without anyone holding them accountable and lashes out and comes after anyone who dares to hold them accountable. The media turns on anyone who would suggest maybe the media should have a little bit of self-reflection. And so it comes as no surprise that with these Durham indictments and Durham motions and, and filings that are easy to navigate, easy to digest, And easy to understand what he's claiming, you're not hearing major national media outlets other than Fox News cover this. Now, the corollary here is that there are some on the right who are making more out of it than not. There are some on the right making way too much out of it, as if it was some sort of sinister plot to control computers, and then they extrapolate from that, that obviously if they could do that, they could control the election outcome, they could rig the machines and get the machines to to cast by. There's, There's nothing in the documents about that, and it would be technically impossible if you know how the machines work. But that won't stop speculators. We should at least keep things reasonable as to where it actually is. It appears that the Hillary Clinton campaign had multiple people going to the FBI, not claiming they were with the Hillary Clinton campaign, claiming they were representing other people, and those people had concerns. And then they were leaking the information to members of the media that they had gone to express concerns, knowing that by expressing the concerns, the FBI would have to look into them. And then they could say, the FBI is looking into Donald Trump. The larger takeaway story here, for me at least right now, 
is that the Durham investigation continues, but also how easily the media was willing to be played by the Clinton campaign, unquestioned, did, did not, had, had no, no doubt about it. No surprise, no questioning, no probing, just took it at face value. That right there is probably the most damning part of all of this, that they were willing to embrace the full-on Hillary Clinton narrative, that they were willing to take whatever her campaign leaked to them as gospel truth. There were people within the FBI willing to collaborate it, people who were liberals and didn't like Trump, willing to undermine the integrity of the FBI to stop Donald Trump. And also that the Durham investigation is continuing to find and put things together. And you know one of the things they're putting together is that Jake Sullivan, who's now Joe Biden's national security advisor, was in the Clinton campaign and one of the people pushing this these talking points from the Clinton campaign. And you know who John Durham's boss is, the one who's overseeing John Durham's work? Jake Sullivan's wife. Shouldn't she be recusing herself? Where's the media questioning why Jake Sullivan's wife is not stepping back to allow Durham to not be impeded? Is she impeding him? We don't know. Durham says nothing. But certainly there's a conflict of interest there. Can you imagine if one of Donald Trump's executives' wives were in charge of an investigation over Donald Trump, what the media outrage would be? Why is the national media so quiet on this? Could it be that they all fell for it and they would have to admit they were played. I want to cut corners and just get to the chase. A lot of you hear podcast ads and radio ads for Bull and Branch and you're thinking, eh, they're just telling you it because they're getting paid. I'm actually telling you it because I'm a customer. We actually have Bull and Branch sheets and yes, they are an ad. Yes, this is an ad, but yes, I really am a customer. I only like to do ads for companies that I really like, and I love Bull & Branch. So does my wife. My wife actually heard the ads, and she wanted to try the sheets, and now they are the sheets in our house. Bull & Branch does not cut corners. They make super soft, wonderful sheets. They use the softest organic cotton they can find. They get better with every wash. They soften and soften and soften, and they only use 100% sustainable raw materials They're the first fair trade certified manufacturer of linen. You can feel as good about your Bowling Branch sheets as they feel against your skin. They are so soft. They don't get too hot. They don't get too cold. They're just great. And every wash improves them. That, I'm telling you, is one of the coolest things about these sheets. It's like sleeping on a new bed every time you wash the sheets. It's great. Now, you can experience the best sheets you've ever felt at BowlinBranch.com. Get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use the promo code ERIC at checkout. That's BowlinBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com, promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Well, I would be remiss if I didn't note today is St. Valentine's Day. I hope you got something for your significant other. I got my wife flowers, and I actually got them on Friday so that she would not think I waited until the last minute to do something. So they showed up on Friday, and by today, I'm fully allergic. I walk in the kitchen where the flowers are, and my entire, like, sinuses go insane. If I sound a little congested, it's because I am. It's the lilies. I'm convinced it's the lilies. The moment I smell them, suddenly everything goes haywire. It is kind of weird, though, isn't it? I mean, these are Hallmark holidays. I, I kind of get frustrated with them because you can't not celebrate them. A pastor friend of mine one time said the only time he has ever gotten in trouble 
in his church with his congregation was he was preaching through one of the books of the Bible and did not set it aside to do a sermon about mothers on Mother's Day. Says he doesn't even get get people mad at him when he ignores Father's Day for his exposition preaching. He says he is convinced in his church he could fail to preach a Christmas sermon on Christmas and an Easter sermon on Easter and get by, but heaven forbid he should forget about preaching about mothers on Mother's Day. You know, I, I get the same thing. I, I get this. And y'all, I, I, there is absolutely no way for me to say this without inciting hatred and antagonism. But whenever I talk about moms and dads, and about uh, the, the the plight of single moms and about how all the research says uh, that a two-parent nuclear household really is the best way to raise kids, even though it's not possible in many cases. The amount of hate mail I get from single moms is off the charts, and I, I do it as diplomatically and lovingly and, and making sure I understand the situation and it's not their fault. And good gravy, you should see the emails that come in. I, there's, there's a level of sensitivity with moms, which... Maybe why the Bible says don't put them in the pulpit. <laughs> Oops, I went there. In any event, uh, we are honoring a man who uh, he was uh, beaten, clubbed, stabbed to death, and beheaded for marrying a Christian couple. Um, and then he was buried by the Roman emperor and his supporters went in the middle of the night, sneaked out there, dug him up, and transported his body back to his hometown and reburied him. That's what we're celebrating by giving each other flowers and chocolates, uh, the, the, the assassination of a man. Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay, the Super Bowl. Can I just tell you, I didn't even realize that Eminem was giving a, like, Colin Kaepernick knee. I thought he was just bending down like that to get out of the way for Dr. Dre playing the piano. But apparently, it, it was supposed to be a protest. I don't know anyone who got it that. I literally... I, and now apparently it's bad if you didn't realize he was protesting. I'm seeing all these angry people. Like I put up a, a tweet earlier. It's like, I had no idea the guy was protesting. I just thought he was getting out of the camera shot. <laughs> like, I can't believe you thought that. It was a protest. It's supposed to be a protest. If you say so. <laughs> I just, is a protest a protest when no one knows that you're protesting? I, I guess that's the thing. Um, I, I really wanted the Bengals to win, but as I told y'all in the EnviroWacko predictions for the Super Bowl, it had to be the Rams because, uh, vegetarian coastal dwellers around the elite are preferable to environmentalists than, uh, endangered Asian meat eaters. And I mean, it's the environmental wacko pick called it right there that the Rams were going to win even though I really wanted Joe Brand. Man, they were pretty dominant on the field. It was an impressive game. I, I will have more to say on the ads later. You're actually not going to want to miss this because it's actually more than about the ads. Right now, however, I very importantly need to tell you that the 12 free burger deal from Omaha Steak is back. Many of you have been waiting, and now is your opportunity. It's not just your standard hamburger. It's the Omaha Steak Burger, a great blend. It's not going to shrink up on your grill it's incredible, and you can get 12 of them for free right now at Omaha Steaks by going to omahasteaks.com and putting Eric, E-R-I-C-K, in the search bar. You'll save over 50%. You'll get 12 free Omaha Steak burgers. You will get butcher cut fillets. You will get caramel apple tartlets. You will get chicken breast. You will get pork chops. You will get gourmet jumbo franks. You will get all beef meatballs, and you get... The Omaha Steak Burgers. And you also get the Omaha Steak Seasoning, which is actually really good. All you have to do is go to omahasteaks.com. 
you put Eric, E-R-I-C-K, in the search bar, and you will save over 50%. You will get the filet mignon. You will get the caramel apple tartlet. You'll get the chicken breast. You'll get the pork chops. But importantly, 12 Omaha Steak Burgers for free. The weather is starting to warm up. Now's the time to get out grilling with Omaha Steaks. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. Delighted to have you with me. Uh, real quick, um, I actually want to spend some time on the, the Super Bowl. I, I've, I've actually, it, it put me in a reflective mood. And I want to spend some time, but not now. We, we got we got to do some hard news first. I want to note one thing before I move on to anything else, though. The, the rise of the crypto advertisements. Many of you still have no idea what cryptocurrency is. Unless you are a, a young man who spends a lot of time at the gym, the statistics are you have no idea what crypto is. It is very, it is the bro currency of the day, apparently. Uh, I don't mean that disparagingly. It really uh, statistically is younger men um, who work out a lot tend to, at least online, be the ones who are really into cryptocurrency. I, I got nothing for you. I don't know what the correlation is. But it, it I, actually, I do. It, it's the independent streak, self-starter, independent, um, not to be controlled by government, very libertarian uh, in all sorts of lines. And it's not just young men, but it mostly is a phenomenon of, of this particular sort of young man. I will tell you this, though, and I saw a couple of other people note this as well. You know what this reminds me of? All of the dot-com ads in the early 2000s, the very early 2000s, right before the bubble burst. Remember the ads for, it wasn't just GoDaddy, you had Pets.com and all the other uh, internet companies out there that went bust very quickly thereafter. Uh, I I did see one commentator, I thought it was very funny, uh, what do they say, that inflation is at 7.9% which means that you will lose your money in about nine years. I can do it in half the time with crypto. (laughs) I mean, I would be concerned if I were you by the rapid mainstreaming of cryptocurrency because, number one, it means the government is absolutely going to regulate it. And number two, this just feels like a bubble. With interest rates coming, if crypto is a hedge against inflation, we know interest rates are coming. That would would explain some of the decline. When the interest rates do come, which it appears they're going to come rather quickly and maybe higher than we first thought, that's going to cause further decline. I would expect, given the correlation there, as people view it as almost like a a modern-day version of gold as a crypto, as an inflation hedge, I just... I own a little bit, full disclosure, Bitcoin and Ethereum, but I'm I'm cautious and I'm deeply skeptical and I'm largely skeptical because I see this self-help mentality crop up all the time, whether it's essential oils or crypto or a number of other things. I don't mean it disparagingly. I just mean it follows the same sort of pattern I've seen with people getting involved in Ponzi schemes and losing their shirt in the past. That's not to say the underlying technology isn't impressive. The underlying technology of crypto is really impressive, and it probably is the future of banking and currency and contract signing and and a whole lot more. But the underlying technology is different from the cryptocurrencies and seeing that many ads for that many companies on during the Super Bowl suggests to me that uh, we're in a bubble and it's about to pop because the same thing happened in the dot-com era in the late 90s, early 2000s. Now, 
save me your phone calls on that because um, we're probably not going to convince each other and all you're going to want to do is yell. I want to talk to you about something actually more important. And this is the other issue that is going to impact everyone. We know inflation is coming. And we know that inflation is going to uh, wreak havoc in the stock market. It's probably going to cause an, uh, it is definitely going to, and and I'm sorry, not inflation, interest rate hikes. Interest rate hikes will cause some turmoil in the market. Interest rate hikes will cause a recession every time interest rates jump more than a point. And it looks like we're going to have a rapid increase of at least a point over this year. It provokes a recession. That's not going to help Joe Biden's reelection campaign because the recession will probably come at the end of this year, beginning of next year. It'll hurt him. But there's something else that will affect the market. The Russians are coming. Here is National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. Look, I'm not going to predict what Vladimir Putin's going to do. All I can do is make sure that we're prepared to respond either way. If Russia wants to continue engaging diplomatically to find a way forward to address their security concerns and our security concerns, we're prepared to do that. If Russia decides instead to take major military action against Ukraine, we're prepared to respond decisively. What exactly is a decisive response for the Russians? There are 130,000 of them on the border with their top-of-the-line modern weapon systems. Joe Biden and his administration believe that as soon as Wednesday, the Russians will invade Ukraine. I, I want to discuss a few things with you. There was this belief. It was a very arrogant belief. It has always been a very arrogant belief, um, but it is a belief that was bought by a lot of Western powers that we were at the end of history. Was it Francis Fukuyama, I believe, his book, The End of History? Uh, The essential argument is that as the world embraces liberal democracy, the reasons for fighting wars and invading countries goes away. Liberal democracy stabilizes. There's been a real arrogance on the part of Western diplomats that somehow their words were powerful enough to stop weapons. The press lionizes the idea of of don't pick a fight with someone who buys ink by the barrel. The pen is mightier than the sword till the sword stabs you in the gut and you die. Well, I got a pin in my hand. It won't hurt. The pin is not mightier than the sword. The word is not mightier than the bullet. It can be in some cases. Among liberal democracies, yes. But the fact of the matter is uh, the world isn't as liberally democratic as a lot of people would like. Now, I'm a fan of liberal democracies. Liberal, not in the words of like the political left, but in the words of freedom as opposed to an an illiberal democracy where you have a purported democracy, but you know the election's going to go exactly one way. Some of you would say, well, that's the United States. We're we're not going to relitigate that issue right now. Fact of the matter is the United States is a liberal democracy. There are some on the right and some on the left who wish it were not because they want the stability of a political regime, not the stability of a nation of laws. 
a liberal democracy tends to give you a stability of laws, whereas uh, when one party comes to power, it's still rather difficult for that new party to come to power and radically change everything. It's one of the geniuses of the founders that they made the Supreme Court tenured for life. The left doesn't like that right now. They were perfectly happy with it when it worked to their advantage. But the reason that keeping a Supreme Court uh, tenured for life is important is because when businesses want to set up shop in a country, they want to set up shop in a country where five years from now, the laws are not going to radically change. They want the stability. The people want the stability. You get that from dictatorships of strongmen for life. The problem with dictatorships of strongmen for life is that if their opinions change or you get on their bad side, there's no protection for you like there is in a liberal democracy. But the Western elite have decided that somehow uh, diplomacy would solve every problem. And in so doing, they largely got weak. When Ronald Reagan was president of the United States, he noted that the best defense is a strong offense. It's not a phrase common to him, but he applied that phrase to American foreign policy and national security. You need to have the best army and navy and marines and spies in the world and air force. We've gotten soft. The Russians are not doing diversity training sessions for their troops. The Russians are not having drag queen story hour for their Marines. And the Russians are not making their soldiers go through diversity, equity, and inclusion programs like the Fortune 500 makes you go through and like the American military makes its soldiers go through. The Russians don't care about your wokeness and they don't care about your critical race theory. They don't care about these social justice issues. They care about killing, invading, and winning. And the Western elite, they've gotten weak. And Vladimir Putin knows it. We've reached the end of diplomacy with Vladimir Putin, more likely than not. And more likely than not, he is going to invade Ukraine. And there's nothing we can do to stop it because the Ukrainians are starting to find out that the words of the diplomats are rather meaningless when aggression comes. Now, I'm with y'all. We have no business going to Ukraine to fight for them. In the same way, we have no business going to Taiwan to fight for Taiwan. When China sees this and decides, all right, Olympics are over, let's take Taiwan, our words become meaningless. But it you don't have to go too far down the road to see how this plays out. Our words become meaningless. We did not defend Ukraine. We did not defend Taiwan. So the next countries, they say, well, I guess I need to actually get in bed with China and Russia and screw the United States. And then China expands its reach further and Russia expands its reach further. And then the next country say, I think I'm going to stand and fight. We, we don't want to bow to China or Russia. They invade again and we do nothing. And then they get even more emboldened and they spread a little further. And out there on the horizon, there's Guam, Northern Marianas Islands, the Outer Aleutian Islands, the Outer Hawaiian Islands, American Samoa, 
American territories. Do we give up Guam? I mean, it's going to tip over anyway. Just ask Kate Johnson. Why not? Put them there. Maybe they'll all drown when the island tips over. Do we give up the outer Aleutian Islands? Do we give up the Northern Marianas Islands? What are you willing to give up? Are you willing to give it all up? And as these countries that aren't willing to give it up fall or cave because they realize we're not ever going to come fight for them, eventually we're put in a position where either we allow China and Russia to be dominant or we have to fight. And when we do decide to fight, we are in the inferior position on the chessboard. Small surrenders lead to big wars. The problem here is that we never should have gotten in this position to begin with. The problem here is that we should not make false diplomatic claims we know to be true and mislead a nation like Ukraine, where we flirted with their entry to Europe and we flirted with their entry to NATO, and deep down our diplomats knew there was no freaking way they were ever going to let it happen. They emboldened Vladimir Putin to take action. And once Putin starts taking action, it's hard to get him to stop. A level of inertia has to be applied. And the Biden administration's level of inertia is what exactly? What are they going to do? Sanction Putin? The Chinese will bail him out now. We are not in a fiscal or military position to be able to do a whole lot anymore. Uh, Multiple administrations, a bipartisan uh, coalition of Democrats and Republicans have weakened the United States and China and Russia know it. And at some point they will become the dominant forces and China will eventually turn on Russia to become the dominant force. If we don't stand strong, we have to stand strong. We are the only nation capable of doing it and you don't want to, and I don't want to, and we don't want to do it because the implications for our kids in the world. But at some point we've got no choice unless we are going to kowtow to the Chinese and the Russians. The problem, ultimately, is this. We have an 80-year-old dementia patient in the White House who for 50 years has convinced himself he understands the the way the world works and has in every single one of those instances been wrong. Even if Joe Biden were not a dementia granddad in the attic, If he were the Joe Biden of four years ago, the Joe Biden of six years ago, that Joe Biden was wrong about how to deal with everything on planet Earth, from dividing Iraq into three pieces to dealing with the Iranians. There is no way this man is fit to decide the future course of this nation in dealing with two powers that want to take our power. And yet that's who we have in the White House. And the only thing we can do is try our best to stand strong and weather the next few years until we can replace the guy and get someone in who actually understands the foreign policy dynamics at stake and the need for a strong national security and military without the oppressive debt that's weighing us down. The Chinese are looking at us and our debt right now and thinking, huh, we can do to them what they did to the Soviet Union. And they might not be wrong. One of the companies that's out there working for the conservative cause to help finally in a few years maybe replace the man in the White House is Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile gives a portion of its profits to the conservative movement. Y'all, we got to support Patriot Mobile because they support us. And not only that, they're actually a great cell phone company. I mean, I'm not trying to guilt you into doing business with Patriot Mobile. It's just you guys don't want to do business with woke companies. You don't want to do business with companies that, that hate you. And you actually want to do business with a company that delivers a good service to you. Well, Patriot Mobile does because they use the same cell towers everybody else uses. So you don't have to worry about quality of service. 
and you're actually doing business with a company that shares your values and gives a portion of its profits to the causes that you care about and gives you great discounts in return. All you do is go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You can take your existing phone number and port it to Patriot Mobile. You can get a new phone number from them. If you have an unlocked cell phone, you can use your existing cell phone or you can get a new one from them. They make it super easy. They also have 100% U.S.-based customer service. 972-PATRIOT is the number if you want to call them. 972-PATRIOT. Tell them Eric sent you. You get free activation and you get great discounts. Teacher, first responder, veteran, large family, multi-lines. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric today. Yes, yes, you should get on the recipe list. It's one word, recipe, not plural, just recipe, to 33777 if you want to get that list. Y'all, this is one of the most uh, ridiculous stories I think I have seen. You need to understand the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation is a mouthpiece for the um, for the government in Canada, much like NPR is for ours here, although CBC is reliably, reliably pro-government, and uh, NPR only is when Democrats are in charge. They all lean left. This is actually a story. <clears throat> The headline from the CBC, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, why the word freedom is such a useful rallying cry for protesters. And now the subtitle, the word has become common among far-right groups, experts say. When you hear a story that begins with experts say, understand you are reading an opinion piece masquerading as a news story where they went out and found the experts to tell them exactly what they want to hear. For many, freedom is a malleable term, one that's open to interpretation. That flexibility, in part, has fueled its growth among certain groups, says Barbara Perry, director for the Center on Hate, Bias, and Extremism at Oshawa-based Ontario Tech University. It's a term that has resonated you can define it and understand it and sort of manipulate it in a way that makes sense to you and is useful to you, depending on your perspective. Freedom. When I grew up, I grew up in Dubai. I moved back to the States, started off at a private school in rural Mississippi, Wilkinson County Christian Academy. And then gas prices during the Gulf War shot up to a dollar twenty-five. My parents decided it was too much. I needed to go to public school. And I will never forget my first week in 10th grade English class and Linda Priest English class. A kid stood up. He had a question about a word. L-I-B-E-R-T-Y. Liberty. Didn't know what it meant. Freedom is a word we should all understand. It can be hijacked by anyone, but we all have a basic sense of what it means. And it's ridiculous that in Canada now, the propaganda service for the government thinks there's too much of it to go around. There's never enough freedom. It's 2022. Things are still crazy. Things haven't settled down. And now you got the Federal Reserve and interest rates. You got the economy. You got inflation. A lot of banks won't even return your phone call. Let's say you're a small business and you need a loan for $750,000 or higher. You see an opportunity where banks, they don't even want to see you. You want to buy a building. You want to build a building. 
reach out to the Frost family at First Liberty Building and Loan. They've been helping small businesses become big businesses since the 1990s. They want to help you if they can. So spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a good fit for them and they're a good fit for you. Their website is firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. Again, you need a loan, $750,000 or higher. You're a small business and you see an opportunity to grow. Share it with the Frost family and see if they can help you. Firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. First Liberty Building and Loan can help businesses nationwide become bigger businesses.